Yo, welcome everybody to Veterans with Benefits. I am your host, former Staff Sergeant Roland Spurbeck, and with me as always, former Staff Sergeant Kyle McBride. What's going on, bud? All right, yeah. So um, we got a uh, I got a little surprise for you, man. Yeah. Um, we have our first ever email question off our uh, email account on uh, Veterans with Benefits at yahoo.com. Um, first ever question, man. First ever writing question. Uh, this comes from boner jam 69. He asks, uh, what was your guy's favorite duty station? So, uh, you want me to go first or you want to go first? Uh, you go ahead. Okay. So, uh, boner jams. My, my favorite, uh, duty station was Kunsan Korea. Kunsan Korea, man. If you haven't gone there, if you're in the military right now, try to go. It's, I, I loved it, man. The food's great. The people are great. The area's great. There's so much to do. so much history to see, man. I got a couple quick stories to tell you guys about why I loved it and why I sort of didn't love it. Uh, my first one, um, so it was like, first week I was, I was actually there in the shop. I was, you know, still new. You know, when you're a new guy, you, you're kind of just standing around. You ain't doing shit. Uh, these two, um, Korean air force guys walk in, you know, they're in uniform. I thought it was kind of cool to see, uh, other people, you know, from other countries, like other branches of the military. Uh, there was an older guy and a younger guy. The younger guy was his interpreter. So they came in and they wanted to, they went up to my shop chief and they asked him if they could borrow, uh, our catalog for paragear, you know, um, which I didn't think was a big deal, but apparently my shop chief did. He and he told them no. You know, like paragear, you know, a paragear uh, catalog is something anybody could get. I could get one right now. You find it online. You can order it. Mm-hmm. I, I I just think those guys didn't realize that. So you know, they came to us. You know, and they they wanted to get some stuff for their shop. And my shop chief thought it was weird and just said flat out no. And I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? And that just turned me off from that dude. I was like, he's kind of seems like a dick. So, you know, as you know, the two guys walked out, uh, their names were uh, Moon and Na. Moon was the younger guy who spoke English. Na was the uh, higher up. Um, so as they were walking out, I uh, my boss goes back into his office. So when I sneak back into the hallway with them, you know, I'm like, hey, Na or uh, hey, Moon. I was like, you come back around four o'clock. I'll hook you up. You know, and he's like, okay, okay. So he comes back, you know, I give it to him. I'm like, hey, you know, go take it to your shop, you know, write all, you know, write what you want down, you know, come back in and out, you know, just real quick. You know, he's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, in this small little gesture of kindness, dude, those guys like just took me under their wing. Like from then on, from that whole year, mm-hmm. we were, we were partying with these dudes. You know, they took us out to dinner a bunch of times. You know, and Nah was like real high up. Like he shouldn't have been hanging out with us. Like you know, he should be hanging out with like you know, the officers and shit. You know, he was just hanging out with little old you know Staff Sergeant Spurbeck. Yo, and I fucking love that dude. He yo, those guys can drink. Koreans can drink. You think about drinking, you think you know the Irish. 
not like the Irish, yeah, they can drink, but Koreans can put it down too, man. I had so much fun with those guys, man. I, I still talk to uh, Moon on Facebook every once in a while. So, Moon, if you're trying to listen to this, I know we talk fast, but uh, what's up, bud? Um, my other story. Oh, oh, no, I got to tell you something. That, like, we went out eating with these guys one time. Yo, and Koreans, they straight up eat anything that comes out of the ocean, bro. Like, the, some of this shit was alive. You know, we were eating conch shells. Like, yo, the thing that the thing that comes out of a conch shell mm-hmm. looks, looks like a burnt cigar and a penis had a baby. And these motherfuckers are chowing it down. I, there was a bunch of us at that dinner that one time that was just like eating just out of, you know, respect and then running to the bathroom and throwing up that shit. Like it was, it was just fucking, it was funny, dude. The, the shit that they, you know, I'm sure they, some of this stuff they ordered on the menu, they probably just ordered the CR reactions. <laughs> I bet. Fucking, yeah. you like, um, so, uh, do you know what kimchi is? Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, fermented fucking cabbage, right? We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. so I, dude, I had never had it. And like the first couple of days, you know, my shop took us out, took me out to eat and they took me to a kimchi restaurant. Dude, I got mud butt immediately. Like I, like I took a couple bites and I had to shit myself. So I'm running to the bathroom and over in Korea, they don't put the toilet paper in the bathroom for some reason. It's outside the door. I didn't notice that. So I run in this bathroom, sit right down, and immediately start fucking shitting myself like dumb and dumber. And I'm looking around, and there's no fucking toilet paper. So I'm like, you know, and I can't do anything because, you know, I'm fucking, I'm not going to walk outside with a shitty ass. So I got to take my boots off and wipe my ass with my fucking socks. Right. So, like, I go outside, and, you know, they don't know that I just wipe my ass with my sock. They just know that I just shit myself, and they're fucking laughing at me and shit. So, like, they didn't let me live that down for the whole year I was there. Um, so, I had to live with that fucking humiliation for 365 fucking days. That's so, not uh, your regular life, though, man. Like, everybody from Philly that knew you growing up had sent me messages one way or the other, about you shitting yourself. These are all stories about you shitting yourself. Fucking that spruce, uh, the guy who runs Spruce Candle Company, and those candles smell amazing, by the way. But anyways, he sent a note in the box with the candles about you shitting yourself at a school dance one time. You know what? I don't remember that school dance, man. You know, I think that motherfucker was lying about that. You probably blocked it out. It was probably traumatic. Probably blocked that out. Also, uh, Haley told me about how you shit yourself the night before y'all got married. Yeah, I got vague memories about that too, man. But yeah, yeah that, that was fucked up. Yeah. And you know how like in episode uh, two, you were talking about basic training and how you didn't shit and then uh, in basic. And then you you say, man, I, sit, I shit like six times a day. Maybe I should go see a doctor. And I said, Oh man, maybe I don't know. I'm telling you now, after everything's comes light, you probably need to go see a doctor, dog. You probably need to go get it checked out. You got IBS or some shit. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be 40 next year, so yeah, it's time. It's time to get adult diapers or something. Yeah, I ain't getting no adult diapers, man. When I get it, if it's time for me to get adult diapers, your boys, your boys going out. I'm, I'm going up. 
I'm going up to the heavens. I'm going that's, to Valhalla. That's going to be fucking soon, seems like. So I'm going to go ahead and get a life insurance policy on you, dog. Okay, <laughs> 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 that motherfucker. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, man, you definitely need to see a doctor, dog. <laughs> All right, man. Stop bringing my shit out into the streets, man. Fucking HIPAA. I'm calling HIPAA. HIPAA, HIPAA. <laughs> so, uh, what was your favorite base? Oh, man. I loved uh, both both the bases that I was at. I was at uh, McCord and at Langley. And I loved them both for different reasons, man. I loved McCord because of the strip clubs. They had full nude strip clubs. You could, like, sneak liquor in there. It was no problem. And uh, it was full nude. You could get the best lap dances. I knew all the fucking strippers within a 50-mile radius of the base. No shit. Man, I had awesome parties in my base house. Fucking strippers were there. It was it was insane, bro. A bunch of airmen that I worked with would come by. Man, it was a good time. Yo. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. But, uh... Langley, Langley was great because of the the just like the people, you know. Like I was there for like eight years, eight nine years. So the people there became like family to me, you know. Like you, uh, Sherman, not Blair. Uh, no, not Blair. Blair, not Blair. Orlando, you know, uh, fucking a bunch of those guys out there, man. They all became like family to me. My neighbor, uh, James. His dad, uh, they they were my neighbors for like eight years, man. And uh, I had a key to their house. I had a key to mine, you know. He might have helped me uh, scout some tickets, hypothetically, maybe fictionally. I don't know. Maybe maybe really. I don't know. But anyways, uh, yeah, man. Like, he and I probably went to a uh, hundred concerts together, you know. Like, it's just so much fun out there. At, yeah, uh, you, know, you know, those concerts you were going to, where were you getting those tickets from? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it, motherfucker. You know, <laughs> always got your boy. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, man. And, oh, man, I, f- I almost forgot, man. Some of the craziest dudes I ever hung out with. I met these dudes uh, in the summer of, I think, 2014. It was uh, Nick, Nick Schwartz. He listens. Uh, ben Morgan. Uh, Cameron Alloway. Let's see. Uh, and it, man, so many other dudes, man. I, I I know I'm forgetting some names and I'm going to feel bad about it. But anyways, I was hanging out with these guys and they had this drinking game that they initiated me into, bro. Did they ever tell you about it? No, no, no. It was called Buffalo. All right. And these motherfuckers. All right. This is how the game goes. All right. If somebody's drinking a, a beer, y'all got to be drinking beer for this. This is a beer drinking game. Somebody's got their beer; they have to have it in their non-dominant hand, whichever hand that is. If they're right-handed, it's got to be. They got to have their beer in their left hand. They can't ever put it in their right hand if they're right-handed. All right. Now, there's certain rules. Okay, so if somebody picks up their drink with their dominant hand, you yell "Buffalo." They got to chug that whole drink, even if they just got it. Okay, doesn't matter. Now, there's such thing as called a, a false buffalo. A false buffalo is when they have something in their non-dominant hand, 
pinched in between their fingers. It could be a cigarette. It could be a toothpick. It could be a lighter in their hand or anything. If they got something in their non-dominant hand, they can pick up their their beer with their right hand, their dominant hand. Well, if you call a false buffalo, you got to chug your fucking beer. So basically, all night they were calling buffalo on me and false buffalo because it was my first time playing. So we were drinking uh, tall boy PBRs. And your boy got completely wrecked. I mean, beyond wasted. Okay. Now. White girl wasted? White girl wasted. <laughs> Ain't no laws when he's drinking claws. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, I was white girl wasted, man. And I motherfucking uh, had drove myself there. And even wasted, I knew I was not driving myself out of there. I couldn't even, even if I had wanted to, I, I don't think I could even found my, my vehicle anyway. Not that I was going to. But um, I decided at the end of the night that I was so fucking drunk I couldn't stand up worth the shit that I wanted to leave. I was like, call me a cab. And, uh, yeah, they were like, no, nah, you're 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 good, dude. Just uh, walk it off. You're fine. And they kept ordering more beers, you know? I don't think I paid for one drink the whole night. They kept, like, ordering me more beers. So I was, like, completely wasted. And uh, I was I was just like, man, I got to go. I got to go. So I get, I like, stumble out of that bar. And I try to stumble home, which I, I did live kind of, like, walking distance. You know, maybe, like, a 10-minute walk. But, yeah, yeah, I didn't make it that 10 minutes because the cops rolled up on me. And, uh, and yeah, abducted me straight abducted your boy and took him to the world's shittiest hotel no sheets and some and and they stole my fucking shoelaces that's right and then the next day they tried to charge me a fucking 130 dollars for a nice day there can you believe that well the cops didn't take you home they took you to a hotel they took me to jail <laughs> their hotel oh, oh. <laughs> world's shittiest like. hotel you'd know that if you had ever been in the clink you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't get caught doing shit. Yeah. Well, you know what, man? That one night in jail, I joined the prison gang. And the next day, I walked out of there with a badass chest tattoo. Okay? So, Fatos Lucas forever, I say. That's right. Mexican gang. So. So, yo, hey, I got a, I got a, uh, a strip club story to tell you. Oh, I got a million. We're doing strip club stories? No, no, no. I don't want to fill this episode of strip club stories, but let me let me just tell you this short one real quick. So All right. my first, you know, as everyone knew, everyone knows, uh, my first base was Minot, you know, North Dakota. Um, so they took me out. There's like strip club here. They said they took me out my first night here, uh, to the strip club. Now this is some shit. You know, I'm not saying like I'm a, a strip club a strip club uh, connoisseur. You know, I've been to a few. But this one tops them all. So we get there. There's really nobody in there. The girl comes on stage. She's missing a fucking hand. What? We had a stripper with one hand. Had a regular hand and then a fucking nub. So she's walking out on stage with her hand with fingers carrying a fucking 1980s boombox. Yes, dude. Yo, she gets on stage, puts the fucking cassette tape in. Not even a CD. This bitch had a cassette tape. Puts it on and starts dancing. Now, have you ever seen a strip club, you know, a stripper dance? 
you ain't never seen a stripper dance with one fucking hand. We didn't know what she was doing. Was she dancing on us? Was she casting a fucking magic spell? I don't know. But I tell you what, when she came up to me with that fucking nub, I was like, I got to go. You touch me with that nub, I might put hands on you. Both hands, bitch. Damn. (laughs) It was the funniest. I wish I would have got a picture of that shit. But apparently, this strip club wouldn't allow photographs. It was classy classy that way. (laughs) None of them do. Oh, (laughs) and you know, in the back, I mean, take the pictures with them. But um, I got a funny uh, strip club story. Can I just tell one real quick? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, man. All right. So I was uh, I was at one. I was drunk and uh, I was dating this chick. She was there with me, and um, I was out with my buddy, uh, Izzy. Uh, Medina, you know, you remember Medina. Yeah. Yeah, we were there with him and uh and Rose and fucking I go to I go to use the bathroom and I have like probably gone to the bathroom ten thousand times in my life. Okay. Now that's ten thousand doors I've had to open and close. So I, I feel as though I'm pretty pretty uh well versed in doorknobs, okay? And I know what to do. So I get done going to the bathroom. I wash my hands because I'm a germaphobe and I'm in a strip club, you know, and I decide I'm going to, you know, grab the door handle and walk out of there. Door handle will not budge, bro. The door is fucking locked like it, like I'm in a Saw movie like, <laughs> from the other side or some shit. And it's like, no way. I was like, I fucked with this lock like over and over trying to unlock it and lock it or whatever it needs to happen in this fucking, I don't know, like trigonometry, some fucking spell needs to be cast on this bitch or like, I don't know, like a safe cracker. I got my ear up to the doorknob trying to figure this shit out. I am locked in this goddamn bathroom for no shit, 45 minutes at least. I'm thinking maybe somebody's holding the door on the other side playing a prank on me on texting my friends. Come save me. <laughs> save me from this fucking bathroom. And they're just texting me back. No, nah, man, it's cool. Just come out. <laughs> I fucking can't. You know, it was like a fucking real horror show, dude. I was starting to panic. You know, like the walls were closing in on me in that strip club. So how'd you get out? Uh, magically, the door just like fucking open like a goddamn horror movie. You know, maybe maybe on the other side of that door, the bitch with the one hand was trying to open it, but she was trying to open it with her magical non-hand. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Or maybe it was the ghost of her uh, Christmas hand past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yo, so uh, today on the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, our experiences getting out of the military. You know, fucking escape, escape in prison. Fuck yeah, jeez. And you know what? It's funny I say that, like, you know, like, escape in prison, because, you know, we all volunteer, but it's like almost immediately when you get in the military, you want to get out. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're like, yo, I'm fucking psyched, man. I'm going to serve my country. You know, like, you know, I'm going I'm going to go, you know, defend everybody, you know, defend the world, defend America. Then when you get in, you're like, man, I need to get out of this bitch. Because <laughs> you're, you're like sold something different than what you're given. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I, that, yeah, I like how you put that. Yeah, they. Everybody thinks, and if you haven't served, don't hit us up with hate mail over this shit because I'm gonna clown you. Okay. Um, 
you are under the impression that everybody in the fucking military is like Pat Tillman and everybody, you know, is uh, this gung ho badass. Well, that's not the case, man. You know, like a lot of times you're working with some assholes that just suck. <laughs> you know, yeah. they don't work, they don't do shit, and all they do is make your fucking life miserable. You know, and uh, you're surrounded by people like that. All the fucking time. I'd say for every one Pat Tillman, there's a hundred other assholes, you know, like you probably won't go your career meeting, you know, a Pat Tillman. You probably just won't. Yeah. Uh, Fucking, you definitely are second guessing some decisions that you have fucking made. Like every, every decision that led you to there for a long time. Bro, when I was pouring fruit punch into the fucking water fountain, I was definitely questioning my shit. I'm like, what am I doing with my life, man? I'm pouring fruit yeah. punch into a fucking water fountain. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like when um you know when you're getting when you're getting out, you know, I feel like, I mean, at least for me, it was more nerve-wracking than anything because you're like, first of all, getting out is just as long as the process is getting in. Yeah. So you're spending like two months just filling out paperwork and shit just to get out of the military. Um, you know, I I don't know about you, but for me, I don't I don't make plans. Like, you know, doing this podcast is about as much plan as I ever do, I've, I've ever done. I know. So I didn't have a huge plan to, when I got out. So it was like, okay, you're gonna get out of what you what all you've known for the last twelve years. And you're just fucking, you're going to be rolling again. Yeah. And, you know, like, I didn't have too much of a plan, you know, but like, and, you know, that's kind of shitty on my part because, you know, I got a wife and three kids and a, and a dog. Right. But I'm like, you know, it, it, it's rough. If you got anyone's listening that, you know, is thinking about getting out or you're in the process of getting out, like, there's going to be a fucking period where you're going to be scared shitless. You're not going to know what to do. And that's a lot of the time where people get, you know, vets get in trouble, you know, and self-destruct. Mm-hmm. So I'm here. I'm here to tell you, I've been out for three years, man. The first six months, they fucking sucked balls. It was scary, you know. But you know what? If you're a survivor, especially if you're if you're a veteran or you're active serving, you're already a survivor. You're going to get over it. It's it's scary at first, you know, and ain't no briefing you go to before you get out. They're going to tell you this. They're like, oh, you're fine. You're going to get a job right away. Nah, dude, you probably won't. I mean, sometimes you do if you know people. Other times, you know, some guys might have to move back with their parents and shit. Um, I'm just here to tell you, like, yo, you're going to be scared as balls because you're institutionalized from the military. You're brainwashed. But that brainwash wears off. And it wears off faster than you fucking think. Am I right? Oh, yeah, 100%, dude. 100%. Like, I couldn't agree more, man. Like, uh, that that having a plan thing you just said is, is real important. Um, I had a plan, okay? I was going to go to work for a company um, out in UAE. I won't name the company because one day I might actually want to go work with them. Um, but, yeah, I, I was hired, and they fucking said – We'll have you out here like immediately, so don't even worry about it. So I was like, "Cool, that's like all I needed to hear." Um, the the salary was like ninety six thousand dollars a year, tax free. 
you know, it's like nice benefits package. They take care of everything. So I was like, hell yeah, you know, and um, I was hired and I was pumped. And, you know, I went through the whole months long process of getting out. And the whole time, like this company's like, hey, man, you ready? You got your DD-214 yet? Because that's all we're waiting on. So I was pumped, man. I got that DD-214. I sent it to him. And I'm thinking, you know, just like they told me, hey, you'll be coming out here in like, you know, just a couple weeks. I'm expecting that plane ticket at any point. I got my passport in hand. I'm ready to go get this money. And uh, yeah, man, that ticket just like just didn't show up. Because turns out what they did was they hired like five or six of us for a four-man shop that already had fucking four people in it because they had a plant like that there was like an attrition rate like people well people would leave after being there for like one to two years so they figured well these people are going to start leaving soon so let's hire a bunch of people and probably one or two of them ain't gonna actually show up anyway yeah dude it was like months it was like six months after i got out i'm like hitting them up hey you know what's up because i'd been in contact with them every month hey what's up you know like when am i coming they're like oh soon soon <laughs> yeah and fucking uh somebody ended up showing out there and Sherm was out there and uh he was like yeah dude somebody just showed up when well, ain't you so what's up with that and i was like this is bull <laughs> so i reached out to some other friends of mine uh juan uh bender and he hooked me up, man. He was like, oh, I'll talk to the dudes out here where I'm at in Saudi. And uh, he got me on out there. So that was awesome. He's a lifesaver, man. Uh, literally. Because I ended up, like, by the time I got out there to Saudi, like, I had already burned through my savings. And I was definitely, like, hurting for cash. Like, I needed I needed to start getting paid, like, now. <laughs> you know? Um, and I had been working, like odd end bullcrap jobs like in the meanwhile not at mcdonald's okay but you know like other other bullcrap jobs and um yeah man it it definitely kind of sucked for at least six months for sure yeah dude when i first got out i i, I took a job at a hotel being a handyman yeah. I, i'm not ha i'm not handy with anything i know <laughs> they're like yo can, they're like yo can you fix his air conditioner i'm like yeah sure i can yeah. I've not, you know, three weeks later, the air conditioner's not fixed. Yeah, I keep trying. It doesn't do. It doesn't work. I've known you for twelve years, bro. I know your ass isn't handy. Remember, you uh, asked me to come over to your house one time and help you disconnect the fucking uh, washer and dryer. Oh, when the water was still on and everything's pouring everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I was like, did you turn the water off? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> no, I went to disconnect this fucking hose, and with yeah, water went fucking spraying all over my face all over my pants every goddamn wear and i fucking turn the water off and then i'm soaked now and i, I look over at you still dry as shit on the other side of the fucking dryer <laughs> yo so um the holy grail for all veterans is the dd 214 okay you you need that motherfucker when yo if you're getting out make a million copies of it yep because once that once there's a window, you can only get that thing, and then it, when that window closes, it's a pain in the ass to get it back. So, yo, you yo, 
everyone wants that DD-214. Here's the two things you do when you get out of the military. One, grow a beard. Two, get your DD-214. Females, grow out your leg hair. Don't shave your armpits. Get your DD-214. You're a gangster as well. But if you don't got that DD-214, dude, ain't nobody going to know you were in the military when you apply for jobs. You know, you could say you were, but unless you fucking show them that paper, you ain't getting no kind of special treatment. Yeah. That even with you don't really get no special treatment. They just they just feel like you have a, a a huge hole in your resume if you don't fucking provide it. That's all it is. Yeah, that's huge on a resume, dude. Yeah. Your DD two fourteen. You got to upload that bitch. Oh yeah. I mean, dude, I, I dude, I have a whole file of just copies of my DD two fourteen just in case I fucking need one, man. I'll pull that bitch out if I get, if I get pulled over for a speeding ticket. License and registration, please. Oh, you mean this? Nah, sir. I need your license and registration. Oh, my bad, dog. In Texas, man, they put the word veteran on my on my fucking driver's license. But yeah, I got that. I got that too. Yeah, but to do so, you do for sure, one hundred percent, have to take your fucking DD two fourteen with you. Like you can't have like your vet ID card from another state or some shit like that. Nah, that ain't gonna work. We need that DD two fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, look, you need it with- you need you need that dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I keep mine in my glove box just in case, just like you. <laughs> I might get mine tattooed on my back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude, I've been pulled over twice in the state of Texas, um, and, and let me tell you, both times, thank God, my fucking ID said veteran on it because they could have hooked me up with a hefty fine, but instead they walk up. And they like look at that uh, driver's license. They're like, "Oh, what branch were you in?" You know, I'm like, "Oh, Air Force." Like, "Oh, that's cool. I was in the Army. What did you do in Air Force? Uh, pack parachutes." What? I jumped out of airplanes. I love you. <laughs> like, I'm like, "Hell yeah! Thank God. Go get back in your car, and I'm gonna drop off." All right. Oh man, you gotta have that DD two fourteen, brother. Yo, so uh, I wanted to save this for the uh, for the end of the show since we're going to wind it up. Um, we got another fucking hate mail, dude. What? This is Yeah, this is two fucking hate mails, man. Like, I, I can't believe it. I think it's funny, dude. I'm fucking... I, I read this last night. And, and like, when we were talking last night, I didn't want to bring it up because I wanted it for the show. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to read this motherfucker's letter right now. I'm not going to say his name. I'll just use his initials, okay? Go. So here we here we here we go. Here we go. Dear veterans with benefits, who let you two retards have a podcast? First of all, I don't even think you can say that word anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so word? this motherfucker this motherfucker's a bitch. I'm sorry for saying that word, you know. This is what this dude wrote. I've listened to all your episodes, and frankly, you disgust me. Your filthy language and sinful tales of debauchery should be canceled. I'm formally starting a petition. To get your show off the air. Thank you sincerely, KG. Oh, and there's a there's a postscript. P.S. I have sex with blue jeans on. I, I don't know why he added that, but okay. So, um, thank you for your mail. All right. And if you want to send more hate mail in, we're gonna read it. Cause you're you guys suck. We know everybody loves this show. There's always gotta be that one motherfucker. Yeah. Sex jeans on Yeah, I mean, what is he doing? Like, he's just zipping his pants and just sticking his dick out through his blue jeans. I don't know. Probably fucking sleep socks on too. 
Yeah, that's weird, man. It's yeah. yeah. fucking weird. Yo, so um, uh, you got anything? You got anything you uh, you want to plug before we go? Uh, Spruce Candle Company, man. Love, I love those fucking candles, dude. Like my house smells like eucalyptus, and it's my favorite scent, dog. So, um, you know, and they get. Yeah, I can't believe they sent you a eucalyptus fucking candle. I can't because he listens to the show. <laughs> Oh man, I loved his note that he his little personalized note about you and your doo doo butt. You know what? Do you, do, you, do you remember any of the note? Oh, uh, I can go look at it real quick. You want me to read it out loud? Nah, nah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But you know what? You just po- post it to the Facebook page. It, it's in the video, the unboxing. You guys uh, should check out. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did yeah, unbox- you guys, uh Go go on our Facebook page and check out Kyle's uh, video for his unboxing for uh, Spruce Candle Company's um package they sent us. Yeah, what's uh, it, that? It's it's funny. It's funny and fucked up at the same time. I, I know I know where you live, Jordan. That's all I'm saying. I know where your house is. What, what's the name of that Facebook group where they can find it? Uh, Veterans with Benefits. Just go on Facebook, search Veterans with Benefits. We'll pop up. We also have a. Uh, uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're on Twitter. <laughs> Email us anything you guys want, like these, like you know, like these people do. Veterans with benefits at yahoo.com. Um, you know, we'll, we'll share your thoughts and shit, and uh, tell you some stories. Um, this is episode nine. Next episode is going to be our season one finale, episode ten. It's going to be pretty special. Can't wait for you guys. Definitely tune in next week. Mm-hmm. Um, you got anything else, bud? Uh, let everybody know what's gonna happen after that. Oh, okay. So you know what? We're we're capping this season off, season one with ten episodes. Mm-hmm. When we start season two, we're gonna start having guests on. So yeah. now, if you definitely want to hit us up, you know we're gonna you know we're gonna go case by case. So if you want to be on the show, email us, hit me or Kyle up on Facebook. Um, you know. You know, slide into our DMs because uh, we're going to start having guests every week. So we would love to hear, you know, other veteran stories, you know, from everybody, man. I don't care who you are. If you want to be on the show, you're more than welcome when we can fit you in. But, season, uh, dude, season two is going to be fun, man. I think we're going to have a fucking blast talking to people and shit. You know, not just, not just hearing our stories, you know, like I want to hear I want to hear every I want to hear all your guys' stories. So stay tuned for that. Season two is going to be the shit. You want? You, do you want to tell them about that thing we talked about last night, or, or is that going to be a surprise? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, let, let's keep that for a surprise. Oh, yeah. it's good. It's going to be yeah, too, dude. I'm pumped. Oh, it's good. It's I'm I'm pumped too, man. I fucking yo. To be honest, I'm not trying to toot our own horns, man. But I feel like the show's been going good, dude. I can't believe we got fucking nine episodes and actually people are listening to us. Oh, because yeah, what the fuck are you guys thinking? Like, yeah. what are you doing listening to two guys hanging out in their closets, fucking talking on their phone? Yeah, like it's it it's so funny how how this thing is moving forward, like and catching and catching wind. Oh yeah, you know, and especially the guys, the people that listening to us, yeah. they know us, so they know we're fucking stupid. So <laughs> the fact that this is working, I can't believe, and you know. I can't believe it. Yeah. You know, we get what, you know, these, you know, this, this hate mail and shit is such a small percentage of the shit that I get 
from other people, especially on Facebook, mm-hmm. telling us how they love the show and shit. Yeah. You know, posting memes on our Facebook page and shit. Yo, keep doing it, man, because you guys are the fucking best. Exactly. So, I want to shout out all right, um, man. Well, real quick, uh, every motherfucking person who listens, seriously, shout out to you for just now for listening to us. Um, shout out to everybody who um, supports us, that shares our Facebook group, that tells people about the podcast because it's been growing exponentially. We are really surprised every time we look at the numbers. We, man, we can't even like keep up with it anymore. So, thank you. Huge shout out to everybody who uh, has been showing me personally some love with my uh, veteran made artwork that I've been, you know, just hooking people up with and uh, selling on my personal Facebook page. But um, everybody who's, you know, shown love and support to me, to uh, Roland, you know, we really appreciate you guys so much, man. Yeah. So, um, all right, man. Well, let's get out of here. Uh, rest in peace, Joey Belfort. Rest in peace, Joey. Miss you, bud. All right, bud. All right, peace, man. Peace.